0: Welcome back to Small State Big Takes. No Oliver here, but you got the three amigos and the ultimate guest—the one man that we wanted all year. He has finally arrived, Scooter Jeanette. What is going on, man?
1: What's up, guys? How we feeling,
0: dude? Fantastic.
2: This has been, yeah. We're happy to have you. Oh my god. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the hype has been so. The hype train is is so serious for Scooter Jeanette. Like, oh
2: yeah, an all star guest, literally, <laughs> literal, literal all star guest.
1: So, how's, how's life, life you treating you? What's that? I couldn't hear you.
2: How How's
0: life treating you? How How are things in your life?
1: Great. Um, things are awesome. As good as they can be. Uh, being a father to an eleven month old. Um. <laughs> that's definitely been a, uh, you know, new thing for me, new thing for my wife. Um, it's a blessing and we can't be any happier. We actually just came from a little, uh, Christmas service, like candlelight thing at one of the local churches. So, um, him, that was his first time at church and, you know, just, it's cool. Those little experiences, you know, the, you know, the, those things matter really matter in life. Sports are cool, but like those things are, um, special. So I'm doing Absolutely. great. Great.
0: That's awesome. First Christmas too, huh? Yeah, Fantastic. What What did uh, Santa Claus bring?
1: Um, what do you get? One of those tunnel things that you can like kind of crawl through, like the dogs do in the competitions. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's uh, sick. what else? I got him a little tractor toy. We're We're trying to stay away from all the um toys that have crazy electronics on them. You know. Yeah. Because They say it's uh, we just you know, you can do all you can do is your best, right? Everyone makes mistakes, but um, with the internet now, it's so easy just to is a sensory toy like that good for your child at whatever age. And they're right. starting to, at this more simple the toy is, the more like the brain has to like work and
3: overstimulate too,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that a creative part of the brain starts working rather than just being like, oh, there's lights, you know
3: right yeah well, I, i've definitely yep. been dabbling in that research myself um i mean everybody that listens knows that i'm going to be a dad pretty soon and mm-hmm. dad talk Correct. is they, awesome. thank you but yeah um dad talk's definitely a thing right like bouncing ideas off of each other and uh doing what's yep. best for your kids it's the most important thing they call that discipleship yes
1: <laughs> yes that's facts <laughs> Not a. It doesn't have to be a religious thing, you know. But no, uh, right? Yeah, that's that's smart. That I means you, you're you know you know what you're doing, and sounds like you're going to be a good dad. Not not meeting you, you know. Some of your friends may say different. I don't know, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might.
1: <laughs> I might say sounds some cool. stupid stuff here dad. and there. <laughs> yeah, right? You know? know. Yeah. Dude,
0: so, Sco- so, Scooter, the reason that we have you here, we we have discussed it off uh, recording, but uh, this is a shout out to Big Hopper right now. If you're listening. Yeah, we got your boy here. And Papa yeah.
1: is that, what's his name? Big Papa?
0: Big Hoppa. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so All what right. do you want to tell Big Hoppa this guy that was calling your uh 29 home run season uh under the use of a specific drug or something? What would you say to this guy?
1: Um, I would say one I'm not mad at you. I forgive you. You know, don't <laughs> You know, you don't know me, so you couldn't really know for sure if I did or not. But now, I guess me uh, forgiving you and just saying that you're wrong, uh, respectfully, uh, I've never done that. You can ask anybody that knows me or has played with me. Um, I never had to. So I was explaining to you guys, why would I, in high school, I was hitting home runs with a wood bat in batting practice, right? And to me, it never made sense. Why would I? do something when I don't need to. So I guess I could just say I'm blessed and I've worked hard enough to not have to do it. Um, which I never would if I, if I wasn't good, I I wouldn't do it anyways, just out of respect for the game and, and my teammates. But, um, yeah, I never, I've never had to. And uh yeah you're you're wrong we knew we knew we trusted yeah, we knew you. that's right we always knew <laughs> man
3: you look like you could play right now <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. looks like you really yeah, take I, care I, of yourself I, and you probably hit 100 but they didn't want to pay me like they've been paying all these guys so i don't <laughs> i don't get it
3: man average is king i stop. I'm, well, I'm an average guy
1: well no yeah the numbers it does yeah it doesn't make sense like why when i have 32 uh you know and, and already you know I never really said I was retired um, but after three years of not playing kind of starts to feel that way Um, (laughs) but I'm not I'm I'm genuinely saying that I'm I'm happy I'm uh, doing what I love every day just like I was when I was playing so I get to see my family a lot more I'm not gone for 260 days out of the year which a lot of people don't understand sometimes more 280 um, away from home and You know, for me, it was always Arizona spring training and then Milwaukee, Cincinnati. Uh, So, you know, some guys get lucky in their spring trainings like their hometown and they get a house in Phoenix to kind of, you know, help that a little bit with the family. And, you know, if you have kids, obviously. So it's amazing just to be home. And it it was a transition. I think anybody that plays, they go through that like, wow, I'm like done, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. type of scenario, whether it's in high school, college, pro ball and everyone that's gone through that understands it. And it's not easy, but for me, I knew there was other things, like I enjoy other things like, you know, going to the beach, like skimboarding or doing something like that for exercising or going out. I have a small farm that, um, you know, I have some four wheelers out there. I have my parents, you know, actually live, live out there and I get to see them, uh, almost every day too it's like those things are just very special and I'm just very blessed and uh truly it's like I they would have to pay me quite a bit of money to come come back and yeah and
2: that's a cool spot to be in too to be like to just be you're you're good right like so it's that's awesome yeah do you you still follow the game as closely extremely blessed yeah yeah do you still still follow the game are you Reds fan? Yeah. or what's your I, I know you grew up rooting for the reds right is that correct i did i did yep
1: so yeah i yeah I'm, i would say i'm still a fan um man they sure could use some help though
2: <laughs>
1: no not not with a bat i'm saying like in just
2: in general, <laughs>
1: in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah oh yeah yeah and it would be because i'm a reds fan and when you really love a team you you know should want to invest in it. Exactly. They need, some I, I, people. they need people that really love the Reds involved in every aspect or else you're not going to, they're not going to do shit.
3: You know, I, I, I was listening to Jared and Dallas today on their most recent episode and they were talking about the whole, uh, you know, payroll thing, how the Reds have an owner that's you know, 400 million net worth, and you got somebody like Cohen, who's, you know, 14 billion net worth and was a Mets fan his whole life, and just will spend every dime on the team. Now, like, whether it's good for baseball or not, you know, that's a conversation to be had. But I agree with you 100%. Like, you should, you if you're here for the game, be here for the game. And that's kind of selfish to to people that really love it, right? I mean, I guess not everybody's in it for the love of the game. And we all know that. But, Uh you know, it's like, it. it, I feel like as a fan, that would be the best way to grow it too. You know, if you have somebody up at the top that, you know, really cares about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Bob and uh, Bob Castellini, he loves the Reds. That's why I bought the Reds, right? But Mm. it's the new age people that, don't give a crap and it seems like a lot of them are just more analytic guys um which is fine you know we need that we need some of that in the game but there's a difference between like having an assistant coach that's the analytic guy on the big league staff or like Mm -hmm. having a guy that's right in the gm's ear all the time and the owner's ear all the time telling you numbers like oh don't do this don't do that like who cares about fifty grand when you're giving a guy three hundred and something million dollars? You know, over right. here, like what doing, like if you like the player, sign him. Yeah, believe, and believe in is, the player. <laughs> and why is one player? You look at what pisses me off is you look at the Mets. They just signed a guy like, uh, or maybe it was the Yankees, sign a guy for like a, a one million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. That they wanted like what? I four hundred million dollars. So this guy's worth four hundred times less. that that's wild when you put it like that so there's not there's there's issues within baseball um like that to where I think until those things get fixed you're not really going to have that true like just love for the game I want my team to win you know because there's going to be unhappy people there's going to be there's going to be people overpaid get hurt stop working hard um, and then there's somebody over here that's grinding, trying to feed, you know, multiple families back wherever they're from, whether it's in the US or wherever. And, yeah. and they're, they're getting used and abused, getting sent down, up and down, you know, so that it's just there's a lot that people don't talk about, which yeah. I think we should start talking about those things.
3: Yeah. Or the or the there was a guy um that was in the minor leagues for man I want to say it was like twenty years that had his shot like last year or two years ago I can't remember his name but he was a busser, man and that guy grinded and grinded and grinded and never gave up so like you like why not bring out stuff like that and instead of putting everybody putting everybody down like you're saying you know it's it's really important it's the human element of the game and I mean one thing I wanted to bring up with you on is like you know. You're a human too, man. Uh, like, I would love to just talk whatever. Like, that's why we kind of brought up, what do you like to do in your free time? You know, because it's like not a lot of fans get to have this opportunity. You know, right. not a lot of fans get to see this this side of the player because it is a business. You know, and I think, yep. I mean, we're, we're pretty big baseball fans. But, you know, I love to hear that stuff uh, from you because it, it means a lot to people like us that love the game. It's the true side of the game you
1: know yeah and and i think just to give you some ins- more inside perspective on like the players in general i mean there's really some of the best people i've ever met in my life that are baseball players and then there's also some of the worst people i've ever met in my life that are basically <laughs> really? yeah. just like any other job just yeah. like the other place you know yeah. it's it's hard to describe. And and then you got to think about this when you have somebody that maybe isn't a good person and then you give this person a lot of money, they, it's almost worse, you know, it gets worse. Right. That's something to think about too, rather than what's the guy's numbers. What is he making? Oh, that doesn't make sense. Look at how he plays the game and it'll tell you a lot about the person. And that's kind of the, thing I think every fan should realize like when they're watching the game look at how he's treating his teammates look at how he handles himself when he makes a mistake look at how he handles himself after he hits a home run look at and it'll tell you the whole picture so like you guys know what I'm talking about when you watch a guy you're like that's why we heard about Xander
3: Bogarts right now I mean honestly from from what we can tell obviously we're not in the game right but Um, from the outside looking in Xander Bogarts is that guy from what we can see yeah, yeah, you just Yeah, you just see it. He's a clubhouse guy, he's a veteran, he gets along with everybody, knows how to handle clubhouse, private matters, whatever, and everything's kept in-house and you work hard on the field and do deal with it after.
1: And that big, is yeah, big, go ahead. Big market, you know, a, a heavy media market, that's hard to do, you know.
2: That's right. to me, Matt. Nah. Speaking of Clubhouse yeah. guys and uh and just teammates in general, you've had I, I think especially your Cincinnati days, just going through like baseball reference, you've had a myriad of like really cool and interesting teammates, at least from from my perspective. One yes. that's near and dear to our heart, um, our hearts, our collective hearts, Bronson Arroyo, Red Sox oh, yeah. Legend. Um, any, any kind of fun stories that you could share with him? I, I feel like I've, I've seen before that you, you and he had a pretty, uh, pretty solid relationship too. So it's just kind of cool to, to see, uh, that he came back around right for, for, I think it was final year was your 2017 season.
1: Yeah. He played, um, I think it was two years, maybe no, he might've been in the clubhouse. Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember, but all I know is, yeah, I mean, countless awesome, uh experiences with Bronson and uh first thing I my first home run in the major leagues was off of Bronson Roya and oh, that's Cincinnati, so cool in Cincinnati my first time playing in the at home yeah at home you know uh yeah just craziness but um wow. so yeah but, but let's see the story I mean there's so many especially with him but I'll give you like two kind of quick ones one I mean, he's done this millions of times probably, but he started, pitched like six, six innings, did well, maybe only gave up like one run. It's like a you know quality start. And then after the game, he was like leaving real quick. And I'm like, where are you going, Bronson? I'm like, shit, we won. You know, like, let's, he's like, I'm playing across the street. I'm like, what? He's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm playing the guitar and like, you know, doing like, you know, cover songs or whatever, cover music. And I'm like, no shit, I'm like, I'm, I'm going. So like a few of the teams went and saw him and he played and like rocked it the whole night. I'm just like, wow. And that was like the first time I, um, you know, I'd hung out with him or whatever after after a game. Uh, yeah, so he does that. Like he, he's, cool. uh, I'm sure you guys have heard some stories like that, but um, I want to give you a different one. So we were in, I think it was Chicago. It was either New York or Chicago. Uh, I think it was Chicago though, and we went down. You know how they have like kind of different levels in Chicago. They have like the one place off Michigan Avenue that yeah, has yeah. like a Cheesecake Factory and all that. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't that big of like a drop down deal, but it was like a there was like a little business, like a like an insurance company and like a bank. And that was it. It was like in a weird spot, but like right off a block, go down. And he's, he's like, meet me here. So I'm like, okay, we go. And then like a few guys start showing up and then he just starts playing the guitar acoustic. No, you know, like, Hey, what song do you want me to play? He just throw a song his, his way. And he just rips the whole song sing. Oh. it was like, I was like, you do this. He's like, yeah, it's awesome. I'm like, damn right. It's awesome. <laughs> He just, yeah he was
2: the most chill dude ever watch. too
1: right two hours two hours yeah no shit I that's awesome cool. homeless people homeless people were showing up rocking it's great that is that's awesome, awesome. that's yep. so awesome he played at a
3: local yeah played at the andrea in rhode island uh like right before
2: covid it was ago. it was pretty cool I remember um, he dropping a couple EPs when he was with the Red Sox too, of like, and it was just yeah. so cool. Like, and again, everyone, people, you'd hear stories of people that like ran into him and he was the nicest dude ever. So that's why I definitely wanted to, to get your, uh, your take on that just because I've only heard awesome things. Any other favorite teammates throughout the years that you, you think, uh, I don't know, people should know about. I think, I think I've heard you mention Michael Lorenzen before, which I, mm-hmm. Michael Lorenzen is a, a cool, I don't know, for non super freaky baseball fans like us, like, right. The the two way player just is just so fascinating. And the fact that he's been able to kind of uh hang on doing one of each is just
1: wild. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh Cali boy through and through. When I talk about uh Sarasota or Bradington area, he's like, Oh, that's a lake over there. You got a lake. I'm like, It's not a <laughs> lake. So he calls it Lake uh Lake Sarasota. Um that's funny. Yeah, we have a banter on which beaches are nicer, right? So, like, it's just two totally opposite beaches. Coco, let's go. I know that's on the Michael but... Michael Michael Lorenzen's a freak. Like, straight up. Like, he's yoked. um, Works harder than most of the guys that I've played with. Um, He basically what i really liked about michael and one of the biggest things that i learned from him was that like he made a decision to maximize like to his fullest yeah like where like how do i be as good as i possibly could be like for me i wanted that but like for him it's like what am i putting in my body what am I doing early? You know, when I wake up, what am I, you know, it's like a 100% all in dedication on doing the best he can in baseball to one, make his dream come true to make enough money to he could take care of his family. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's done it. And it's just through just pure hard work. You know, I'm sure he's obviously talented and blessed and he has skill. Um, you know, don't take it the wrong way, but just one person that I could say, like, yeah, that guy literally gave it one hundred percent, all in. That's and awesome. That's all yeah, stuff, Right? You know? Yeah.
2: No, Who else is like a
0: hard worker like that? That you that you were around?
1: Man, a bunch of guys.
0: Because um, there must be like you know many of these dudes right that are working yeah. their ass off every day, just like grinding.
1: Yeah. So I was never, I was never a big, uh, like weight room guy. Honestly, I was always, I mean, I would work out like you need to work out. Right. But, um, I spent most of my time in the cage, you know, or getting ground balls. Like I wasn't, you know, working out for two hours every day. I was in a cage for an hour or two every day and, you know, doing other stuff. But, um, there's guys work hard in different areas, you know, Mm -hmm. um, on the field, Joey Botto is one of the hardest workers I ever played with. Um, man, there's just so many. Like, it's so hard to even think of that, you know?
2: Yeah, <laughs> through through the years too. What was your uh, what would you say is your favorite like city to have played in and uh, favorite ballpark too? I don't know if those would be separate or. Kind of similar, but just curious. And obviously, no, no pressure to say Fenway or anything because we are uh-huh. Sox fans. But just curious on your thoughts on Fenway as a follow up to that, whatever your answer may be.
1: <laughs> so we opened up the Red Sox the year after they won the World Series, and was that didn't 14? You us, Didn't you? 13 or 14? Did you? Did they win? 13? 13. or
2: So it was 14. Didn't you? Okay. you guys it stopped us, didn't you?
1: Oh, we absolutely wrecked. <laughs> 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 like it was like 20 degrees. Um right it was miserable and then yeah we just beat the crap out of them for three
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the worst team the year before beating like the best team you know it was just like really that's how this year's gonna go Um, <laughs> but no it was a great experience I mean it's definitely one of those stadiums where you feel the history you know and um I like how everybody's right on top of you I like hearing the fans talk crap I like being like like I wish people like you know that the little batting cage that people hit under before the game they called a turtle mm-hmm. yep uh, I wish the fans were that close oh that'd be so oh, I, that'd
3: be so cool
1: it makes you focus way, way more than when like you know you go to a stadium like um uh, oh gosh <laughs> um, <laughs> Oakland's bad God, for many reasons <laughs> Arizona, like Chase Field, is that what it's called? The yeah. Like it's just real open, you know, and mm-hmm. fat, kind of flat, you know, and just you don't really hear anybody. So, but mm. I don't know to answer what my favorite is. Um, I saw, I it's really where I saw the ball. So when it comes to favorite, like for performance, um, Arlington was great. I could see the ball exceptionally well there. Interesting. Uh, and for me that that was all that really mattered cuz if i could see it i'd i'm going to hit it you know but if i can't see it, it kind of you know sucks um but chicago one of the like i would chase almost everything in chicago like pitches in the dirt with two strikes and stuff like that cuz i just never really saw the ball right like it, it everything's off centered and like it feels like second base is here and the pitcher's mounds here and then home plates it's just it's, really, yeah, just something's off about it. And I don't know if it's for a lefty or a righty, but for me, I never was super excited about having that bats there. How about that? Uh,
0: I wonder if it, because it's
1: like so old, like yeah, everything's off center. The clock out there is like off to the left, you know? It's just, yeah, I don't know. Visually, it's like you're mapping to like line things up, you know? Like everything's pretty lined up in most stadiums, but yeah, just weird. There's weird, you know, Oakland. I never saw the ball that well there.
2: I I've Tampa Bay. That's another tough one, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't see. So like uh, Miller park for me, I could see the ball. Like it's, it's bright as day. Right. But I can't see the laces cause it's so bright. Like yeah. the lights are just so like, blah, like too much to where you can't really see the, the seams or I I couldn't see the seams that well. Um, so like fastball change up, like I I had no clue. You know, there was no uh, maybe a slider when you see the dot in a slider, maybe I'd see that. But yeah, just just What's
2: weird and ripping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cross your fingers. All right, mid-podcast
0: shout-out time. All right, Lance Legier, Jake Ruth, James Murph, G Baby, and Oliver, dude, why would you miss tonight of all the episodes to miss? Lame, nice one, one true host, over and out. All right, we're back with Scooter Jeanette
2: for part two here. So uh, what were we talking about? I forgot, Gilly? Um, we're kind of, <laughs> of hitting on a bunch of different things Um, in terms yeah, of like just reason. different ballparks, right? That's right.
1: Yep. Yep. Visuals, all that. Yeah, it's just, you know everyone's got their place that they really are comfortable hitting at great american uh before they put that tab screen up on top of the batter's eye which bugs the crap out of me you know those little like tab screens going across the upper decks and stuff yeah Yeah, they have one like right above the the thing and um depending on which ads up there can make it pretty hard to see the ball but Especially um, the ones that slide, yeah. right?
2: I can't even imagine the ones that are just like gliding around throughout the stadium. That would bother me so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it looks cool, but <laughs> it's just some of the stuff can be kind of dangerous to the players. I mean, if you can't see the ball, you know, that's when you get hurt. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Sure. So Scooter, I was asking you beforehand, uh, before we started recording this part, um, I always want to know from a baseball player's perspective, how, Sleep schedules work. So, when you would be on the road and you'd have to yep. travel, I don't know, east to west coast, or you, you're in the you were in the the central a lot too. So, how were times? How are time zones messing with you? um If that was a thing, or how, how did that go? I I don't know. Just explain to me,
1: <laughs> please. So it's it's definitely unique. That's what separates baseball from any other sport on the planet is how many games we play. I mean. Yeah, do I think 30 million dollars is overpaid? 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, was I overpaid when it comes to the reality of what the rest of the world's making? 100%. Um, but what about the NBA? They play what half the games, and they get paid double. So who's who who's to say they're, you know, pointing the finger at who's what's the most overpaid sport? Um, but for mm-hmm. for the traveling, that's what separates baseball. That's why when you get to a certain number, it's like, you know, football players—they play what, you know, twenty games a season now. If they win the Super Bowl or something like that, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're making quite a bit and they're showing up a third of the time that we are for practices and games, and you know. But to your to your, uh, oh, I got all side sidetracked. Um, the sleep schedules—I uh, don't know if you guys have heard about grounding at all.
0: No no
1: so it's like when you take your shoes off and you go outside and just- oh like like earthing
3: earthing or like what else do they call that something i don't know
1: yeah like if there's a tree you can like put your feet on the roots and it kind of gets you yeah. energized so it's like a real thing it's a real yeah. thing if you look it up um tristan get- Cassis does that uh, who's that tristan Cassis, red sox
3: uh first baseman minor leader
1: oh okay florida guy I haven't paid attention to like any, you know, I don't know anyone's name anymore. Half the guys. I'm just like, who?
2: <laughs> he's, he's still pretty new. So that's fair. Yeah, he is.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure he's great. And I wish him the best, of, best of luck. If you guys like him, then he's probably on his way. Right. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, we yeah. hope so. We hope so for our, our sanity and happiness. <laughs> we certainly hope so.
1: But yeah, grounding's a real thing. It's it's, it gets you, uh, I wish I did. I wish I learned, um, earlier in my career. But it gets you acclimated to the time zone a lot easier. But I definitely struggled with that. I mean, you go from – especially go from New York to L.A., you know, or something crazy like they – Seattle. I mean, I couldn't imagine playing for the Mariners how, like, you know, that travel would be – it's even worse. Being in the Central, you're – you know, flights are usually only two hours tops, three hours tops. But um, it's not easy. It's, it's it definitely – especially coming out of high school and then you get thrown into uh, the minor leagues and you got bus trips that are eight hours and mm. you now you're 18, 19, you know, you're away from home for the first time. Most, most of the players, you know, they were playing so much when they were in high school or college that um, you never really had time to learn how to like do the things to take care of yourself. You know right. what I mean? Right. So, you know, thrown into it, it's like, you know, you're in an apartment with three other teammates and you're making three hundred and fifty well, at that time we were making three hundred and fifty bucks after taxes every two weeks. And uh two weeks. Ooh. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. We were getting, we did math. Um, one month we got paid like a dollar sixty an hour or something oh, like that. Wow. That's
3: insane. Come
1: on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, there's there's a lot of people uh, you know some of the labor workers around the world are getting less than that. So I don't sure. want to go much, but, um, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, that, that life get, getting to the big leagues is, is I, they say it's harder to stay in the big leagues. I don't agree with that. I think it's harder to get to the big leagues. <laughs> At what point did
0: you know that you were going to make it? Was was ever a point that you uh, were like, I'm I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah. But it started to become like, wow, like it's a reality. Um, yeah probably in like high a maybe double a
2: when
1: i when i went to the futures game that was like the only real confidence that i got like as a reward like with the brewers they were very uh what's the best term um like not very like fun like you're there's like rules and um, they don't, they don't want you to get too big of a head. So they won't tell you like, Hey, you're doing great. Like, just keep doing it. You probably get called up, you know, mm. you'll be in double a next year. Then you'll be in the big leagues. Hopefully in a cut, you know, there was nothing. It was straight, wow. straight, no comms, you know, like no communication about that kind of stuff. So I never really knew where I sat in the organization with Ricky weeks. You know, he, Oh, that's one of my favorite teammates that I played with. You know, there's so many good guys I played with. Um, yeah, and I, he's making $10 million a year or whatever, and they tell me, actually in low A, they said, um, hey, we think, because I was playing shortstop um, kind of half and half, mostly short, earlier in my first year in low A, and they said, we have uh, Escobar, and he's a pretty good shortstop, and I'm like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the best in the league. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I get that, and they're like, so why don't you do the second half of the season or whatever that second i'm like all right i'm like learning second base now for really the first time um i mean i played it but you know really learning it and uh yeah it was hard and then so at the end of that year they trade escobar him yeah to the royals for grinky or somebody i think for like a year or two Uh, i don't know what was it for grinky
0: I think it was so, because ricky's there for like the rest of that season only and then he was gone
1: yeah it was like lorenzo Kane, that you know all yeah. went over yeah um and then they signed ricky that all, i'm like what <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so i'm like i just learned second base now the next spring training i'm like i want to play shortstop again and they're like no you're playing second base i'm like the
0: hell so, so what happened with that so ricky was ricky there too at the same time playing second
1: base. yeah so when i got called up um he was struggling a little bit. He was just in a little funk like we all get. And uh they call me up and I sit the bench the first game. I'm like, what are you calling me up for to sit the bench? Like, what is this?
2: Yeah.
1: Ricky's first at bat hits a homer. And I'm like, is this why I came up so you can piss this guy off and the like, <laughs> <A> little motivation. <laughs> and like I love Ricky. I'm glad he hit the home runs. But I'm like, what the hell? You know, but um yeah, it's just, uh, it's just wild. So for me, um, to go back to your question when I felt like I knew like it was a possibility was when I got a, like, or they, I think the team picks to who they want to go to the futures game. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works. And I was like, wow, like they really like me. That's weird. Right. Like you're like, you know, but maybe that's what they wanted, but they, you know, there's a lot of mind, like a lot of psychology in baseball that, um, I don't think it's talked about enough and it's more like grooming you to be able to handle the Xander, Xander Bogarts platform and the Aaron judge platform, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, those guys just didn't always have that, you know, when they're 18, like you, you, as long as you're willing to learn and you want it enough and you're a good person, you know, at heart. um, Yeah, you can do it, but man, just to get to the big leagues is so, it's just, Impossible, but not impossible, obviously.
2: <laughs> We're looking <laughs> at living proof that it's not. <laughs>
1: so, anything's possible. Yeah. It's just extremely hard. And yeah. you're not gonna make it unless you believe it and want it and put in the work. You know, you guys obviously want you know your podcast. It's the biggest in the state now, but
0: <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right.
1: That's all <laughs> <what> we want. <laughs> we, we, internet, we hit our peak. You know?
0: We hit our peak long ago, Scooter. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's
1: what, I respect that's, it <laughs> right
0: well i wanted to ask you too scooter so this is something we ask all our get our guests by the way but i think it's time to ask you mm-hmm. and this, this is completely not baseball related but we're gonna ask you ready
3: we have no okay. idea if you can answer this
2: you can, you just go on vibes because you haven't you haven't been to rhode island so it's uh it's a little different but just based on your reputation of these what steve's gonna ask you <laughs> yeah based on yeah you can just based it on whatever you want to base it on
0: how would you rank the New England states in order from best to worst or worst to best, your choice, in order? And it is Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine. Gosh. <laughs> really on the spot. We do it to everybody. No man. pressure. So, but you better say Rhode
1: Island number one. All right. Hold on. Hold on. List those again. All right. Rhode Island? Oh, obviously Rhode Island.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Connecticut? Okay. Uh. Massachusetts, hmm. um, Vermont. Vermont, Vermont, New Hampshire, and
3: Maine. For context, if you're still cool with Jared, I think he picked New Hampshire as one.
1: As the worst? No, it's best. Oh, okay. And you're from Rhode Island. Why would you do that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I'd definitely pick Rhode Island one, but no 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 I'm saying why did he um oh I don't know (laughs) Peter. I'll just from from me not knowing pretty much anything I've been to Massachusetts um New Hampshire but never really you know it's just they're all so small so for me it's like going from you guys still there yeah 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 we got you um for me it's like you go over a bridge you're in another state like it's but, um, when it comes to the water, like I respect the, uh, you know, the fishing and the clamming that you guys do there, you guys are big clam, right? Oh, okay. That's why I'm going to, I'm going to go with Rhode Island. Number one, not just cause we're on the podcast. I think it's, Um, <laughs> and then I'll go, uh, Maine number two, okay. just because there's some really crazy people there. I feel like oh, yeah. that. I, <laughs> like live a different life that uh you know is awesome um maniacs i'll go i'll go vermont 3 just because i uh think it's probably beautiful just from like movies and stuff and in my brain like vermont <laughs> seems beautiful mm-hmm. yeah is that true my pitier
3: is like man i don't know what to equivalent it with uh in florida but it's like a de- old style downtown with one main street,
1: and that's it. Nice, so like old school. Old, old school. school nice. Yeah, we like that. We like that. Yeah. Check yeah. it out, the green mountains are beautiful. So, that, and then okay, so let's do. I mean, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, they're on the bottom for me, so I got to go Connecticut. Um, I like the uh their basketball team when I was growing up. They they won. They beat Duke. I don't know if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. it was yeah. like I don't know 99 somewhere around there Ray Allen day? no, uh, it was. no it was like that was Ray uh, Rudy gay day.
2: yeah you yeah, had rip Hamilton I think
1: yeah yeah total upset everyone bet Duke and my dad won us won the pool you know the little tournament brackets at his work he won because he picked uh Connecticut to win it all so it That's was, awesome. <laughs> that was
3: awesome
1: so that's why they're my not my last or second class I'm gonna go um new hampshire and then massachusetts the worst
2: oh all right
1: so do you hate mass there's still some very angry individuals there they need to go see some psychiatrists and psychologists (laughs) talk about like philly and you know some of pittsburgh
0: (laughs) yes the the angriest fans you've ever you've ever uh, experienced are in mass
1: Oh I've I've had a lot of good ones. I ended up being friends with almost every heckler I've had though, which is yeah. cool. All they want to know is that you hear them and like you know, they're like half of them are drunk, you know, they just want like, you know, <laughs> they want you to wave or something or just be like that was a good one and then they stop. So <laughs> I had to I had to learn to be nice to them or else they would never stop and then it would bother me. But um some guy told me um And Daytona and high A was the best one I ever got because it was so stupid, kind of vulgar. But they have a a bar right behind the bullpen, the visiting bullpen. So the bar just wears out the guys in the bullpen the whole game, like drunk guys just (laughs) wearing out. And it's like the eighth inning, ninth inning, they stop selling beer. Everyone's like getting angry. And uh, some guy just yells out and it was dead quiet. And he just yells out, hey, second baseman, get the sand out of your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and crazy. I are oh, man. you serious? And I just, like, broke down laughing. Like, I couldn't just – I just – wow. I'll never forget that. Yeah, it was just – I mean, it's
2: – probably it's, a pretty it's, quiet crowd, too. Yeah. So when someone oh, yeah. yeah. to that really, in a minor league game, you're like, everyone in the park can hear it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they, like, most people laugh. So it was, like, you know. It's <laughs> pretty shocking. To hear that one yeah i've heard it all though you know go back to williamsport um you know i've heard them all some yeah. people are just mean. they're just mean mean people
2: <laughs> we we had a stretch where we would go to uh Pawtucket, um, uh, where the, the red sox minor league or triple a team for a while um uh, mm-hmm. no longer unfortunately they moved to worcester which we kind of have beef with um just because it's out of island now but i remember we've seen some crazy hecklers and we I feel like we didn't really heckle heckle. We would just be like, I remember one time right. we we're just like Casey Kochman's, like, what's up, like like random guys that were like, holy crap, like there is. But I remember, uh, who was it? See, was it? Luis Figueroa? Do you remember this? Yes, guy? I do. Yeah, there was a guy in the crowd that would every time he was up at play. It was this was a playoff series too. It was the the Rays minor league team. Um, he would, this man in the crowd would belt out like an Oprah, uh, opera, opera voice. He would go figure roll off. He would just it it was was perfect too. <laughs> and it was but like, no one was there. Cause it was so cold. Cause it was like minor league playoffs, not really that yeah. big of a crowd drawer, unfortunately. Um, and it would just echo and it was wild.
1: <laughs> beautiful. It was great. Voice. I think that's awesome. It's more yeah. like, people that are, there was one guy in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, when I was in Huntsville, oh, man, that was the worst league I played in the Southern League. Um, and Huntsville's just, oh, man, not not, not, not Florida, you know. Um, okay. But there was a guy in uh, Jackson, and he would wear this big, like, like a – not a uh, sombrero, but, like, a oversized cowboy hat, like on Dumb and Dumber. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> when he gets yeah,
1: yeah. up like, yeah. by the lady. Yeah. Big hat. Like that, but all black. And he had some little kid look just like a little mini me. And this guy was on the heavier side, you know, southern, you know, guy probably makes an honest living, you know. Yeah. Um, but he showed up to the games to just absolutely just talk crap about the other team, like mean stuff. And then his kid would shine in. I'm just like,
0: oh, no. What, teaching a, your like, what
1: a kid that like, dad, you know, what a yeah. what a real piece of crap you know and 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 no one really did anything or said anything i'm just like how do they allow this guy to come in the stadium and just he ruins it for everyone in the section you know it's like yeah you know just man i just you know i guess you pray for him but man just someone knock him out you know yeah respectfully i
0: always remember you're sitting next to like the the hardcore heckler you're like oh man do i police this guy or do i just try to tuck him off the edge you know like,
2: <laughs> like try to di- divert his attention what?
1: yeah out just have him start a fight yeah, yeah.
2: especially with like i don't know minors too especially like these guys are grinding for it's it's different and again it's not that it's acceptable but like right. at, at the pro level okay you can and we've we've thrown jabs at yankee uh red Sox games where we're or, or I don't know, saying insults to Brett Gardner just because it's Brett Gardner,
3: <laughs> or Greg Bird, <laughs> yeah, yeah get yeah. his hand out of his back pocket because he's making his ass. Yeah. Yeah, we would,
2: yeah, we would say silly things like he what did he eat <laughs> soup with a fork, stuff like that. I don't know, just those funny oh. insults. But um, but yeah, that's just awful at a minor league level where it's like these guys are grinding. Like why why try There's to...
1: like there's like 200 people there. Yeah, right.
2: right. yeah, exactly.
1: Like, like what are do you doing, dude?
2: Especially with a kid too. That's just awful. Like this is what yeah. you're teaching your.
1: Uh, that just goes to show how you know. There's some just some sick people out there, but it's not the majority. It's the one percent maybe that are still like just pieces of crap. Hate you know. We call it whatever you want, racist or um you know evil. Um, it's out there, but it's not. Most people are perfectly fine and they're good people. And unfortunately, the news only wants to cover the one person that does some crazy stuff and you know just i hope we can get i think the internet helps i think you know podcasts really help people kind of you know see where people really are at before they judge them and you know do all that stuff but most people are good man you know and just sucks that there's a few out there that kind of ruin it for everybody
2: yeah yeah no and i've I've seen and heard too in your other uh kind of like interviews and just your your stuff throughout the years of uh you have a, a strong uh, presence in terms of like community outreach for the teams that you played for and just being outspoken about being anti-bullying and just pro mental health and stuff like that, which honestly I feel like you're pretty ahead of the curve in terms of uh, just the, I shouldn't say the evils of social media, but kind of, of just it's a lot to deal with. And just, I don't know. I I listened to a couple interviews that you had and it was just really yeah. cool to hear you like talking to, to, to any potential kids listening and just like, Yep. you gotta talk to someone if you need to just know that yeah. when you feel like like stuff like that, is just really cool so I, I, uh, I certainly appreciate that you being a
1: voice yeah I think in general um you know there's oh, everyone's got their story and you know just their struggles Dansby just came out with something uh talking about his struggles um and you don't feel like you can really get out there and talk about it because you know but everyone struggles you know athletes regular people it's just regular people don't have the platform to get out there and you know do do outreach but everyone has the opportunity to tell their friend like dude like bro you're not alone like at all you know same thing with uh what was the fighter the ufc fighter you know it's starting to get to a point to where this whole male thing and not talking you know like to your buddy about something's just like what are you doing like what what do you have your friends for if they're not there to help you when you need them you know um yeah you're just not alone like everyone's Got anxieties and stresses, and it's a crazy living, and it gets crazier every day. It's like routines, having, you know, doing things that really matter, you know, make you feel good rather than doing them for attention, which I think a lot of kids are all doing it all for the clout or whatever they talk about now. Like they get a bunch of money. For the talk,
3: Scooter, for the talk.
1: Yeah, they get a bunch of money to some homeless guy on a video. Like, what are you doing? you know yeah yeah
3: that kind of draws me to my last question that i wanted to ask you i mean i just love talking to guys like you but it's like who's the most influential person for you i mean and it can be like a part of the game or not even directly part of the game that you met because maybe you were in that situation of being a player you know who's just that most influential person
1: oh man I have so many people that helped uh, kind of shape or mold the person I am today. You know, I think we all do, mm-hmm. um, but I've been blessed to have like those they say random coincidental you know meetups. And ah oh, man, it's just such a hard question. Um, a lot of the team pastors were really influential. The when you're playing, you don't have time to go to church and, you know, you're in a, an environment where it's rap music and, you know, it's, Hey, it's rap music. It's cool. But, you know, when you're right. feeding, feeding your mind, um, a lot of negative things, you know, like you can turn into that, I guess you could say is an easy right. way. To put Absorb it, it. But, it. Yeah. yeah, And I, the so a lot of the team pastors, Steve Sonnerman with the brewers, he was very influential. Um, I had a few teammates, Michael being one of them, Lorenzen, um, Jeff Bianchi. um, He was one of my one of my favorite teammates. He actually, uh, you know, really, you know, he he, we were talking about things, not baseball at the stadium. You know, we were talking about real life stuff like, you know, do you think you have to earn your way to heaven or like, you know, do all these religious things, you know, because I was raised Catholic. So and he was too now he's a christian and he kind of learned to like man the most important thing's having a relationship with god and uh you know being able to talk to him whenever so like he was super just I, I mean a great guy great teammate but like at the time where i was he knew you know i needed some help and he was there you know and at the end of the day if you could just help one person you know become better and, and that person's going to help another person you know so That's kind of for me the the when you said influential that to me that's the most influential you can be is to like Um, yeah for sure teach somebody that can uh, in return help numerous people you know. I mean, I kind of equate that to being like, you know, you're not a leader until you breed
3: somebody who's a leader that can, you know, create another leader, you know, like it's influential is very different in many different people's eyes. And that's totally fine. But, you know, it's just interesting to hear, you know, because, you know, being a normal person that, you know, unfortunately, like I loved baseball, too, couldn't get to where you got to. But it's like, it's cool to hear that, man, because there's always good things that come out of it. You know, and it's not all like the media coverage or
1: right. what we even think is fans. So yep. Yeah, yep. cool. It's crazy. It's crazy because you think, you know, how are you unhappy? You got all the, the athletes, you know, movie stars. Um, a lot of those people are miserable. You know what I mean? And and yep. I know a lot of people with very little that are the happiest people I've ever met. And like for me, happiness comes from how you live your life and what you do and that's the biggest reward in life is just to be happy. And, um, that's my goal. So like, you know, whether that's helping out, you know, at the house with the baby or if that's going out in the community somehow and trying to do something positive, like I'm able to do that because I don't have to work and I have the time to do that. And that to me makes me feel happy. Like I did what I kind of could today to, better myself and better, better the world in a way. And everyone has that opportunity holding the door for a nice old lady, you know, like (laughs) Eleanor, Eleanor looks great, you know, at the grocery store, like, you know, something little like that and (laughs) feel good. And it goes a long way for other people too. yeah, absolutely. And even for yourself too, right.
2: Even you leaving that interaction, you're like, you know what? I feel like I just did a good thing
1: and it's going to boost you up too
2: mean yep. that's not why you do it but it's a a nice little uh, <laughs> externality of it yeah
1: yeah I've, I've cool. learned you never know what day somebody's having you know mm. you never know how bad of a day somebody could be having and just understanding that for me is probably one of the most important things I've ever learned because it makes you approach everything different you know
2: definitely no I think that's really good point and honestly too and you know what speaking of making people's days you certainly made ours here so uh no. we don't want to take up too much of your time here we think you, you um, gave us more than than what uh you or we initially
1: uh asked you for so we appreciate it very much Thank absolutely you i gotta go make uh pizza now late night pizza so oh, oh yeah. there you go
2: What are your <laughs> quick, real quick last question what are the toppings for your homemade pizza right now are you a pineapples guy what's your deal um
1: no uh turkey, <laughs> turkey pepperonis, okay. um, some mushrooms my wife's got me on mushrooms now they're great for you so that's why i eat them um cheese uh imported it's pretty cheap at the grocery store from italy pizza sauce it's organic nice. um
0: nice
1: yeah i can make up two pizzas for like five bucks six bucks it's pretty that's cool
2: not bad at all my God. i have to start doing that myself
1: all right sweet thank you so much right. uh thanks it. man i appreciate Merry it. christmas no problem yeah Merry christmas see you guys see
3: ya. I got to hold on, hold on to my